Hello everyone and welcome to the season finale of Trash and Treasury, the show where we give you some of the smart stuff but also some absolute garbage, where Grace and Miranda. So today we've got a big show for you today. We've combined our trash and our treasury and we're talking about what went down in the election and was it a big one? Yes, we're going to be giving you our daily reactions throughout election week (laughs) from before the election to the results and our reflections. But as well as the election, of course, we'll have our hills to die on, our recommendations and a bit of info about what you can expect in season three. But first things first, let's get straight into the US election. if you heard that that was me cracking a beer because it is the start of the American election grace it's finally here I'm ready (laughs) (laughs) so for everyone listening at home this is where I am it's the eve of the election for Australia because our time realistically we won't know the results until tomorrow and it's November 3 right now And right now they're starting to open the ballots and they're starting to get prepared. And this is one of the biggest elections in US history. I know we've said that before, the US has said that before, but this time it really matters. Anyway, I'm so obsessed with this, as previously discussed, that I have (laughs) exchanged a public holiday where I worked for this day off tomorrow so that I can literally watch the election and drink cocktails all day. (laughs) Oh my god. Also it's my birthday so it's going to be a very good or a very bad birthday. (laughs) Well let's hope it's a very good birthday. Um, You know it won't be a surprise to any listeners to the show to know that you and I are obviously both hoping that Biden-Harris get up given what we've talked about Trump in basically every episode of this podcast. I think that's not going to shock anyone as much as we do like to be balanced. We're totally (laughs) unbiased and totally centrist. Happily pro-Biden at this point. I mean, I'm not, you know, I wish that, did I wish that there was another candidate? Of course I do. But I think that he's going to do an okay job. Um, Kamala Harris, the vice president, is unbelievable. And I just want someone to kick Trump out, like, Let's just mm. fingers crossed. Oh, but I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling a little hopeful today, Grace. I'm feeling anxious. I'm nervous. I don't know how mm. I'm going to sleep tonight because I'll know that the election is unfolding while I'm asleep. So realistically, it'll force me to like, you know, not look at it for about eight hours, um, if, <laughs> or maybe six, depending on how how I go. And then I'll wake up in the morning to at least progression in the count. So this election has already made history in that over 95 million postal votes have already been received um, across the US, which makes up almost 70% of the entire 2016 turnout. Wow. Okay, that's staggering. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I listened to that statistic this morning, so it's definitely probably over 100 million at this point. And there will be expected tens of millions of people to turn out to the election tomorrow or tonight, wherever you are. And it's just going to be crazy how many people are going to vote in this election. Like it's going to be one of the biggest turnouts we've ever had. (laughs) I say we, the US, but you know what I mean. (laughs) We the people. I mean, it's such it's such a shame <laughs> that um 
America doesn't have compulsory voting and so much of their campaigning just has to go into encouraging people to vote. So it can't actually be about the contest of ideas and about who to vote for like we have in the Australian system. All it is is don't do a donkey vote, you know, but you know you have to go there. So you may as well vote for someone. Whereas in America they have to get past the first hurdle of just encouraging people to actually believe it will make a difference. Oh, yeah, I know. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, voter disenfranchisement and, um, you know, voter suppression, which is you're not letting people who've not paid their fines vote, not letting mm. ex-prisoners or prisoners vote uh, and so many other things. So, look, it's it's that's just a general sadness about the electoral turnout in the US, not specific to this election, but yes, in general is shit. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing that... I feel like negative about is that I feel like we've already lost, you know, this election is so corrupt. If anyone watched the Comey rule um, with Russian interference, they've already proven that there's been Russian interference in this election. They're trying to not Mm. count votes. They're trying to, you know, make it seem as though, um, you know, that there's going to be all this fraud and Donald Trump is setting himself up to a contested election. I've heard, I've heard that someone said really, really well, that it seems as though one candidate wants people to vote and the other doesn't. And I thought that it perfectly encompasses what this election is because Donald Trump is not encouraging people to vote and Biden is. They're like, please tell your friends, tell everyone to vote, tell the Republicans to vote, tell everyone to vote, you know, tell everyone Mm. to vote. We all need to vote. And Donald Trump stealing post boxes, you know, and appointing Supreme Court justices only to have her first day in office, Grace. She goes in and votes that postal votes received after Election Day will not be counted in Wisconsin, which is a major flip state. Yes. Okay. I did hear something about this. And I guess the issue is like, had people been given enough prior notice to have sent them in advance? And also the postal system is so strained right now because of COVID, but Trump is saying the postal system's corrupt. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, postal voting has been around for a long time. I mean, you know, he just says stuff that doesn't make any damn sense. And the issue of 2016 election was Hillary won the popular vote but she didn't win the Electoral College. Um, So as we talked about in President's Candidates episode, you're not actually voting for the candidate, you're voting for your Electoral College representative to then make a vote on your behalf with whoever most people in your state voted for. And that sort of goes, went in favor of Trump and might go in favor of Trump again. But overwhelmingly the polls are predicting it will be a Biden victory. And it is different to 2016. The polls are looking better and it's quite complex. I won't go into it, but it is looking better on the whole for lots of different reasons because it's looking better in certain states, which were the election decider. Now, this is something I didn't... The problem with 2016, though, was the polls looked good and then they were wrong. That's true, but they're looking better than 2016 for Biden. Mm. Um, So, yes... I definitely haven't called the race. I think it's, in my mind, it's it's 50-50. Um, and last time, you know, nobody is taking this for granted, the polls, because last last time they didn't get it right. Mm. So a few things. I mean, Florida, um, Trump always talks about um, the golf buggies because it's mainly, for, it's a lot of older population. And he's like, oh, they're the best golf buggies. I love those <laughs> golf buggies. I want one. Um, and also, interestingly, the Latina vote. 
so I heard that the Latino mm. vote um, is actually predominantly pro-Trump, even yeah. though he hates immigrants, but because they think he, quote unquote, is a gangster. And I oh. think that speaks to, um, like, a lot of what Americans think about Trump. They're like, yeah, but he's a gangster. Like, I know he lies. I know he's kind of a dick, but he's a gangster. And What do people mean by that? They mean that he's kind of not afraid to say stupid things. He's not afraid to be loud. He's not afraid to be crass. You know, they think he's a gangster. And although it doesn't make sense to me, I think he's a fool and an idiot, um, they appreciate the that he's not the personality elite. Yeah, yeah and that he's not a sort of stuffy you know uh politically correct person like they like that about him even though he does horrible shit and so mm. it's interesting it's interesting even though nothing within his policies will help with latinos they yeah. like his personality and um this person who was latino giving this sort of opinion was like it's it's a Latina thing. I don't know. How, I don't know what else to say to you. And yeah, so, I've heard yeah. a similar thing as well that um, you know, people from Cuba have said they like him because he's against communism, and yeah, a lot of Latino people like his economic policies. But it is yeah, it is interesting to look at those different demographics. And another big demographic they think might be a big decider is white women. Yeah, so a lot of white women voted for Trump. Um, there's been this poll done of actually like basically old white people um, and what their name is and how likely they are to vote. So this is from data from New York Times and Siena College polling. People mm-hmm. called Richard, 64% likely to vote for Trump, 36% Biden. People called Nancy, 57% oh Trump, 45 Biden. But oh a, my few, God. a few white women are more pro-Biden. So Mary, Mary's a 52% Biden, uh, 48% Trump. But the best one of all, and honestly, the apology note, anyone with this name has wanted and needed, women called Karen, 60% <gasps> likely to vote for Biden and only 40% <laughs> Trump. They were the best of the lot. Oh, my God. Well, thank you, Karens. On behalf of everyone who said that you want to speak to the manager, you know, if they want to speak to the manager, it means they're invested. It means they're thinking. They might be insufferable in some ways, but it means that they're thinking. You know, they're standing up for their rights and that's what we want for America. Yeah. And basically oh. we owe Karen a big apology. She's we, voting Biden. Yeah. Sorry, Karen. And I guess just one final thing on the polls. So the polls are definitely not 50-50. The polls have been wrong before, but 538, which is kind of one of the most trusted... Yes analytic sites so they've finalized their polling now they won't be making any further changes they've run an election simulation 40,000 times and Whoa. if you go out of one in a hundred times Biden wins 89 in a hundred times Trump will win 10 in a hundred times so they're calling it about a 10% chance <sighs> that it could be Trump 90% chance of Biden yeah look I'm nervous and I'm also nervous for the fact that if Biden wins what's going to happen afterwards and I sincerely hope that Trump concedes and there is not some sort of, you know... Riots and uprising. And, I mean, they're already barricading shop fronts and stuff because they, they are, think there will so be. Sad. Yeah. Look, fingers crossed, Grace, and those following along, um, I'm guessing, you know, by the time we release this podcast, the result is out. But this is a tableau of us with a little bit of hope. So <laughs> come on. 
<laughs> make me All a right. ha- make me have a happy birthday and let's find out what happens tomorrow. Yeah, when we wake up tomorrow, some numbers will already be in. So let's talk tomorrow. Okay, see you then. So the election's here. It's looking a little depressing. I did call that Miranda. You did. I did. For anyone who hasn't heard this voice before, this is my (laughs) bubble person, Sandra. She's visiting for my birthday and she has called that Trump will win. Make no mistake. The polls are wrong yet again. Let me just point out that that is not my wish. (laughs) That is just my direly sad prediction. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And so where are you from, Sandra? I'm actually from Illinois on the Mississippi River, small conservative town. I don't think I ever met an American, apart from university lecturers, that didn't vote Republican. (laughs) Okay. So um, the the country is very conservative. The only election that I've ever called wrong, Mm -hmm. and I'm not super politically active because it makes me sick and I try to know as little as possible. Yeah. So this day is not a great day for you. No. I started feeling (laughs) sick in your presence about an hour ago. Right. But uh, the only only election outcome that I got wrong was – Obama. I literally never thought I would see, I would live to see a man of color yeah. in the president's spot. And I cried tears of joy. Yeah. I was at the hairdresser oh. <laughs> when I realized. And um, there were pictures of, um, they were showing people in like black people in restaurants and, and uh, stuff like that, crying and putting their heads down, like oh. older people. And I just, I could cry right now. Oh. <laughs> it was just, I, I was so proud. Yeah. Of my country yeah. on that day. Yeah. Unlike this one. Unlike this one. Yeah. This is a sad day for America, but that was a great one. And they do have they do have the possibility that they could make you happy again. But I do remember <laughs> you saying one time that America is more misogynistic than it is racist. So they and were... that's saying something. Yes. <laughs> that's saying something. So first of all, Biden is nobody's first choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they were trying to go middle ground with him. And then with his running mate, they tried to get the female vote and the black vote by getting a black female running mate. Unfortunately, they're going to ostracize so many voters. Just, I just have to, I have to say that because I don't think people understand. People think America is like a very progressive country. Um, it isn't. <laughs> okay, I think uh, it seems like that because the policymakers are from big cities and whatever. And uh, the TV shows mm. used to be set just in like New York and Los Angeles, although you do get turtle man and alligator <laughs> killers and whatever <laughs> now. And that, that pretty much shows you what, uh, what else is out there. I grew up in a small town. To this day, the locals don't trust anything they read unless mm. it's the local paper or somebody personally bought a New York Times from New York and brought it there and opened it and read it. Like, literally, they are force-fed Fox News and a very dumbed-down and diluted local newspaper, which is called the Herald Wig, and it's Republican. The Herald Wig. It's called the Herald Wig. Look at the history of the word wig, and it pretty much sums it up. Oh, my God. And you also said something interesting to me before about um, them not trusting experts. No, um... No, they don't. In fact, there's like a, a group eye roll and a sigh of like real annoyance um, when they get experts on those, um, you know, 
saying what the political, you know, uh, outcome is going to be and why, mm. particularly, because uh, they feel t- completely unrepresented mm. and misrepresented when they are represented. Uh, for example, Illinois traditionally is a Democratic state. I'm from Illinois. Why have I never met anybody who voted Democrat? Yeah. Okay. Illinois is a big state. Okay. It's much bigger than Victoria. It's huge compared to Victoria. And, um, but so many people live in Chicago. Yeah. That's why it's traditionally Democrat. And uh, so the little people, I'll call them, mm-hmm. the little people in all the middle and the south um, that are very conservative. My own father tried to bribe me not to go to university, and I'm not that old, thanks. <laughs> because no one would marry me if I was more educated than them. Okay, <gasps> He didn't. Did. Oh. Did. He actually said he would buy me a house, but he wasn't going to pay for my university. <gasps> and I went to university, so I didn't get a house. Just saying. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's conservative. So... Um, the experts on there, we heard one today, Miranda, when we were watching it before, yeah. saying, oh, well, the majority, what do you say? Most Americans. Most Americans. Most Americans, um, they're not concerned about who gets on the abortion. Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and they're not worried about losing their right to have abortions or birth control or anything like that. Um, because most people have abortions, and most people, you know, want to have abortions. Yeah. <laughs> and they feel pretty <laughs> secure in that, that that's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you there'd been a collective head shake yeah. from the middle all the way down and all across the East Coast, lower East Coast, all the way to California, but not California. Yeah. Uh, I don't even, I, don't, I think it might be a majority, but I reckon it'd be a close call. A very close <sighs> call. It's the paces stepping up. They haven't counted all the votes yet. There's still time left. I'm still keeping my fingers crossed, but... I'm feeling yes. keenly similar to 2016, yeah. which is that pit of my stomach. Oh my God, the polls are wrong again. And I, God, the hope polls not. are always wrong. It's a, it's a strategy. I mean, we're talking fake news. It's the Republicans that actually own fake news. Yeah. They have their own television channels. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anybody who dissents from that view is said to have fake news. But the polls traditionally in America, the underdog people get rallied. So if you don't think your guy can win, you put that beer down and you go and vote for him, right? Jeez. But, you know, if he was winning, if they said Biden only had like a 30% chance to win, 20, 30, 40, who knows, a big percentage of those people who voted for Trump might not be bothered. They might just stay at home. They might not go out in the rain. They might not give up their day off. They might not take the time off work. That is how America works. You do not have to vote. And yeah. we're notoriously lazy voters. Yeah. God. It's a strategy, 100% fake that is news. so interesting. And so mm. what will you do if um, you are wrong? Oh, look, I, I'm almost certain that Trump is going to get in. But I will do aerial cartwheels and end in a double cow sow <laughs> if I'm wrong. And I'll be celebrating for at least a week. <laughs> Amazing. Well... Thank you for stepping on the mic. Let's go back to the election. (sighs) Okay. Grace, what are your thoughts right now? 
Okay, so Australian time, it is Wednesday, 6.47. America time in Washington, D.C., it is 2.47 a.m. We both just watched Trump's uh, victory speech, which was like basically him claiming victory. Yes. Um, And then saying, I won, stop counting. I'm going to tell the Supreme Court to stop counting. My blood is boiling right now. I'm so angry. He's like, we basically won. Um, I'm he gonna... literally said, frankly, we won. Yeah, frankly, we won. And I'm going to let the Supreme Court know, um, you know, we've won. We've won by a lot. Like, these aren't just little victories. And it's like, you literally haven't won. Like, you actually haven't I mean, won. No. <laughs> and we knew this was going to happen. So basically, they knew that people who were concerned about COVID-19, thought it was real, didn't want to be in a crowd, voted early, voted by post. Yep. They know a lot of those voters were registered Democrats. So they knew there would be a late surge for Biden. Whereas people showing up on the day and voting, which gets counted first, they knew that would swing to Trump. And basically, he is trying to say, stop counting now. Let's just say it's done. Otherwise, yeah. it would be corrupt. And it's like, no, what is corrupt is for you to stop counting. Demo- yes. Like a democratic system needs you to count the votes. Like you need to count the votes just because you don't like the result. You can't just like let people not vote. I think the thing is as well, I didn't realize that Pennsylvania couldn't even start counting their mail-in ballots until tomorrow morning US exactly. time. So, or maybe so that's, that's the thing. Today. Trump has said he's won Pennsylvania, which is Biden's home state. There's still a million where Taylor votes. Swift was born, but if they haven't that's where Taylor Swift the was. postal votes, yes, she was born <laughs> in a Christmas tree farm in Pennsylvania. Biden was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvanians are voting Biden, but they voted by post and it hasn't been counted. And Trump's trying to claim victory for it already. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I got to say, I'm feeling pretty disheartened. Obviously, we've just heard from Sandy. (sighs) But I, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a bit like 2016. The pit of my stomach is kind of like, I feel, I don't know, I just feel like he's going to win. But the thing is, what I think is likely to happen, which is what they were hoping wouldn't happen, is that, you know, Biden would take uh, Florida and therefore it would be more of a landslide win to the Democrats. So therefore we Mm -hmm. wouldn't end up with a contested election, Um, which has happened before with Bush and Al Gore, if anyone remembers that. What was controversial about that? was they did a lot of recounts and there's actually a very niche High Met Your Mother reference where he dresses up as like basically they vote by punching a hole and there were a whole bunch of votes where people had clearly punched a hole into the paper for who they wanted but there was a little like it hadn't completely broken off into a circle it was still hanging by a flap. What do they, they call didn't them? Count those. They call them chads or something. Yes, hanging chad. Hanging and chads. <laughs> it's a hanging chad. Ted dressed as that in How Much Your Mother, and I didn't get it. But oh. that was, and they turned the vote around on that when it was like clearly their intention was to vote for that candidate if the hole is ninety five percent punched out and hanging by the chad. <laughs> hanging by the chad, but it has to be hanging by one or more chads. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like be, Charlie's Angus. To be the counted. Chad was great. The Chad, the Chad was great. I'm feeling uh, very nervous. An- another thought I've been having today is I've been hearing throughout the day that Trump has been, in some cases, winning the popular vote, 
but Biden has been winning the Electoral College. And yeah. I mean, when I compare that to our rant from last night where we were like, dismantle the Electoral College. I mean, if the Electoral College is what wins it for Biden, that's very interesting, isn't it? It is very interesting. However, there's still so many votes to be counted. So it will be interesting to see, you know, whether Biden does actually come out as the popular vote again, um, because there's so many unread votes. There are so many unread votes. Like, it, as we talked about the start of the episode, I mean, over 70% of the entire 2016 turnout voted by post prior to Election Day. 105 million. And for him million. to want to go to the Supreme Court and say that those votes won't be counted, it's criminal. It is. It is. It's like... We always knew that this was a possibility, but it was... We all- did. We knew it was likely, to be fair. We never knew he would just be like, oh, fair enough. Ciao. Yeah, that's true. But to take it to the Supreme Court before they've even counted, like, I, I mean, he would go to court regardless, um, but they're already counting. Like, pretty much you'd have to go to the Supreme Court now and get them to stop counting. Do you know what I mean? It's that's like, what he wants to do. So is that what he's doing like right that's now? That's what he said in his his speech tonight. That Probably tomorrow got... he's going to talk to Amy Cohen Barrett and tell the Supreme Court that any votes that come in from tomorrow shouldn't be counted because, you know, bad people are trying to disenfranchise the population. <laughs> it's like he literally makes no sense. You're trying to disenfranchise the population by not counting their votes. By not counting their votes. Yeah, he's probably got Amy, Amy Coney Barrett on speed dial one and he's probably got um, – who's that other rapist guy who's on the Supreme Court now from a few years ago? Uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Yes. <laughs> oh. It's funny. It's just not funny. It's not funny. It's not yeah, funny no. at all, at, like how corrupt and – like, I mean, it's never been done before, um, you know – that uh, Supreme Court justices have looked so political. Like, it's not a good thing for a Supreme Court justice to, like, be standing alongside the president and be looking corrupt. Like, she should um, recuse herself from making a decision on this election um, because it it does look extraordinarily corrupt and is. Like, make no Mm -hmm. mistake about it. How she got there was just so corrupt. Um, the fact that she was nominated so close to an election, the fact that... I don't know if you can call that corrupt. Would oh, yeah. Would say the same thing if Ruth Bader Ginsburg died in Obama's last weeks in office and he appointed a left-leaning person without insane views? So that, like, exactly happened. So in Obama- oh, okay. <laughs> yep. So in Obama's presidency... A, almost a year out from an election, a Supreme Court justice died uh, or retired, I forget which, and uh, Obama had the opportunity to appoint a new one. And he waited. He waited because um, there was such backlash to say, you know, this is so ridiculous. Like, okay. you can't well, just appoint a justice. Corrected. You can't just appoint a justice so close to an election. This could this could affect the election. And it was almost a year out because we know how early they start these um, campaign Mm. trails. And Obama said, because he's obviously a legend, and he said, I'm going to, he's like, you know, I'm going to leave it to the American people to decide. Mm. Um, And so he decided to not nominate somebody and not push it, but he could have. As president, he could have. And then Trump gets three and six weeks out of an election. He nominates a new one, gets, gets them put 
so fast. It's the qu- quickest anyone's ever been appointed, by the way. Yeah. So he expedited yeah. process. The Democrats boycotted the vote to the point like where they were just like, this is so completely ridiculous and unfair and corrupt. I mean, look, I suppose he has the rules. The rules, he... He's allowed to do it and he's allowed to push it. Well, he's trying to rewrite the rules and it is fundamentally undemocratic. If people have filled in their voting ballot and put it in the mail and you've cut the resources of the postal system, like I actually heard a fantastic interview on Adam Hill's The Last Leg with Desiree, who you may also know as the host of uh, Too Hot to Handle. Oh my god! But she's actually just like an awesome woman, and was just like not talking about that at all. She was talking about being American in England, and she's like, "How come he is so stupid? He called it the Unabasthes of America. Like he literally doesn't know what country he rules, but he is so smart at cheating, and he has been dismantling the postal system for months, cutting their resources." getting his Supreme Court all lined up to cut off those postal votes. Like, how is he an evil genius when he's so stupid? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It just baffles my mind. (laughs) Baffles my mind. Did you know? I've I've been kind of hopeful today. So in my Taylor Swift group chat, we usually talk about Tay Tay, but today we've been talking about the election and I've been trying to be the voice of reason being like, don't worry, everyone. Like everyone's been like, I feel sick. I'm freaking out. And I'm like, it's okay. Like we always knew... Biden would have the late surge, like just that chill. Is true. We don't need to watch the ups and downs, just wait. But it's like if he is not letting us wait and he's going to cut it off, like now I'm ending the night angry. Like all of today I was kind of chill just being like, don't worry about the Biden twos and the um, but, but now I'm I'm angry. The thing is, and it's also very different to any other election given the um, dramatic uh, amount of postal votes and absentee voting, Um yeah, in that usually the straggler votes are rural and so they come in the latest and they're counted last usually. So that's where if it's close, it'll always go Republican usually. Um, because really? Rural, Why? Yeah, because usually the rural votes, votes are counted last and traditionally rural communities um, vote Republican. And um, But in this election, because those people have shown up at polling stations as opposed to mm. postal voting on a majority um, – they do. They count all of those first, and then they count the postal. So, it's 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 it functions differently, and the rules are different in every state in terms of counting and how they count. But they count all the people's votes who've been in person usually first, then they open the ballot, the postal ballots. So it's yeah, they're that's very correct. very yeah. different this year. It's very very different this year. But there are some states who've been counting them for weeks, like Florida, yeah. because they're who yeah. could immediately input those into the data. Mm. I mean, there's a lot to take out. We obviously need to meet again to discuss this tomorrow night. But we absolutely, I do. guess, in wrapping our election night reflections, has it been a happy birthday for you? Look, yes, it has. Oh, I've, good. I've spent um, the day drinking mimosas um, outside and watching the live election coverage and people have come to visit me. I've also been able to see the tiny ducklings, um, which, you know, whether Trump wins or Biden wins, um, ducks are still really cute. 
So that's good. And I guess we should acknowledge <laughs> our privilege. Like we live in a country, Australia, and we live in Victoria. Like we have very good leadership and we have very good lives. You know, for us, this election is entertainment. I mean, it's real, but it's it's removed. So I think like that's worth it us is. acknowledging. But we are still incredibly concerned about the impacts of these decisions. I'm so concerned. On, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling very down about it. But look, what I all I wanted for my birthday was to be able to drink cocktails and watch the election. And that's what I've been doing. So, you know, it's been the day I wanted. But I also hoped we'd yeah. have a result. So I'm a little, um, you know, feeling like it's a little anticlimactic. But... <laughs> Well, it I think what because it is. of COVID, the result was never going to come tonight, but it's definitely been an interesting day. Yes. Um, and there's a lot to think about. Fingers crossed. I hope we can sleep. My blood is certainly boiling as I've described, yes. but let's chat again tomorrow, see what things are looking like then. <sighs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> November 5th, the day after my birthday, and we still don't have a result. It's still currently November 4 in America, uh, mm. I believe in the evening now. Um, there's still no result. We're still looking at Georgia. We're still looking at Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, and North Carolina, which are still up for grabs for Biden, but they're also very much up for grabs for Trump and mm-hmm. the gap is closing rapidly. Um, I, I just, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm sort of anticipating on the end of my edge of my seat, but now I'm nervous for what's going to happen next. Yeah. It's kind of scary because uh, Biden has a lot more votes. He's much closer to the amount needed, but, Trump is leading in a lot of states that have a big amount of electoral college votes. And it's also kind of just, you know, whichever state calls it first will kind of call the election because, you know, Nevada is a very small amount of seats, but it would be enough basically to give the election to Biden. But they're not counting at the moment, it seems. Yeah. Um, And I was looking into this and I think it's because – um, when they're counting so many postal votes, they release the numbers sort of in bulk because what they mm. have to do is they have to first open everything, then put them through the counters, and that part mm. is quite quick. It's all the opening that takes so long. So oftentimes that's why those results are so much harder to get and they take longer to achieve. Um, mm. So they've called Arizona already for Biden on every – on every board I've looked at, but apparently it's Trump is actually catching Biden on that one. Whereas surprisingly Biden is catching Trump on Georgia. And Mm. unlike what we said yesterday, um, you know, Biden still definitely has the popular vote at this point. Like he's leading by a lot. So did Hillary. Exactly. But we were sort of saying, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if Trump got the popular vote this time, but actually the electoral system was in favour of Biden. Like, you know, how do we feel about it then? Mm. I honestly would still feel really negative. I would, I, I feel with this election that at least people voted. Like this is the biggest turnout in US history and every year people should vote. 
you know, whether it's somebody, you know, whether the majority is the people you agree, agree with or not, at least it's an, an actual majority, you know? Mm. So, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid for America. I'm afraid for civil unrest. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just logged on to Fox News, Grace, whilst oh, I was cooking my dinner. And mm. Jesus, American television is so bad (laughs) but Mm. Fox News especially and I just sort of really wanted to hear what the right-wingers were saying um like super right-wing you know like they're very crass and rude the things that they say as hosts like they are so partisan like they are Mm -hmm. so just openly republican like someone was saying that he's a jackass but about Biden um that this whole thing is just bunk you know like it just it seems so weird that we're in this modern world yet we're winding back the clock to the dark ages well you know how yesterday I talked about uh Desiree host of Too Hot to Handle and her interview on the last leg she actually said another really interesting thing which was basically America right now is a choose your own adventure novel there's like lots of little journeys you can go on in this little book, but the last page is civil war. It just doesn't matter how we're going to get there. There's lots of different ways oh we God. might get there, but that's where it's going. Oh my God, that's so dark. And mm. it is actually really sad. Like um, one of the biggest feelings that I've had is that, you know, there was this big hope that there would be sort of a landslide for Biden as a rejection of the Trump regime. Mm, and that has not happened and because he's been in office for four years we sort of hoped that there would be this humongous rejection of his presidency yeah because it was kind of like when he got elected we were like oh no this slipped through by accident like you know yeah and he's had more people vote for him than any other republican candidate in u.s history I know that this has been one of the biggest turnouts in U.S. history because equally more people have voted for Biden than any candidate in U.S. history. But it's also been one of the, yeah, the biggest electoral turnouts ever. So it makes sense that the numbers are higher. However, this election has inspired people to vote because people are starting to really, really care a lot more than usual. And Mm. I just don't understand. And no matter who wins the election those uh, opinions aren't going to go away and Trumpism isn't going to go away and, you know, the movements that have been started. I know, I know. And, you know, Fox News, Republican TV, you know, if you want a little bit of balanced content, as we've heard from Sandy, you know, Mm. that's what the people are listening to in a lot of America. It is disappointing, but that's kind of where it's at and so it's, it's good to keep informed. Knowledge is power. Mm. Well, I mean, speaking of power, I guess we're all feeling a bit powerless tonight. Um, It's another night of waiting. Do you think this time tomorrow we'll know the result? I'm hoping we'll know Nevada, Pennsylvania uh, and Georgia. But Mm. we won't know Pennsylvania, they've said, until probably Saturday our time, I would say. So we just won't get that result. But if Biden wins Georgia and Nevada, that would be enough. It will be enough because even if there's a recount in Michigan and Wisconsin, um, he will still win, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Yeah. 
So there you and go. Like the whole recount idea is just so silly as well because, you know, he's behind by so much in those states. He's not going to find all the votes he needs, but pushing for a recount just plays into his narrative that the whole thing's corrupt. I know. And they think, and people think it's corrupt too. They were like, this is the biggest fraud. They're like, we want every vote to count, every real vote. I was gobsmacked oh. by Fox News, Grace. Like, holy crap. <laughs> Until then, speak to you tomorrow. Speak to you tomorrow. So it's Saturday morning, Melbourne time, 9.30 in the morning. It's Friday (laughs) evening in the US in Washington. There's not a lot uh, happening since we last caught up on Thursday night. It's kind of like just a really slow... Watching a slow train wreck, but I think I there's know. some hope. It's starting to get a bit better. Yeah, it definitely is looking so much more positive uh, now for Biden, which is great. I mean, it is great. I think the feeling is just, yeah, underwhelm. You know, people are just kind of like, yes, we're excited to get rid of Trump. But um, the conclusion that I've kind of come to so far is the problem isn't Trump. It's that people voted for Trump. And I just can't get past that. Like Mm. so many millions of people voted for him. There have been some good news stories though. Um, A big one is that the squad have all been re-elected, which is a group of women of colour, congresswomen, who were all first-time politicians in 2018. Most famous is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, known as AOC. Um, and oh. also three other women, Alan Omar, Alana Presley, and Rashida Tubb. And they are really awesome and they've all been re-elected. So that's good. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I know I've been watching um, a lot of Fox News to get like the Republican mindset. Um, so they haven't mentioned any of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah, it's shocking. I mean, the first time I watched it, it was definitely full of like very, very controversial hosts and guests, which I didn't realize at the time. So right now, even though, um, Trump is, you know, saying things that are completely ridiculous, like, you know, that the election is uh, fraud and that, Mm. you know, he's going to be starting legal battles everywhere. Even Fox news are sort of saying like, there's no evidence for that, so yeah. And let's also all just calm even, down. <laughs> even Andrew Bolt is saying that. He's saying Trump really needs to stop pretending he's being cheated and fraudulent. So, like, if even Andrew yes. Bolt is saying that, then, yeah. like it's true. And this is reminiscent of the Al Gore-Bush um, uh, battle at, the, at that mm-hmm. time because um, another interesting thing that I heard uh, on a podcast speaking about, you know, Fox News and, um, you know, just how they're covering everything is like America, you know, sort of is can root for an underdog, but they also hate a sore loser. And right now Trump is being a sore loser and they're getting like, okay, Trump, that's enough. Whereas Al Gore was also a sore loser back in 2000 and um, even though he started legal battles and actually should have won after they did do a recount. Well, George Bush started the legal battles. Al Gore did thought he won um well once they did a recount years later he actually would have won but because oh, he was because of the hanging being, chads because of the hanging chads yep and also um if they did um you know recounts and everything how they should have uh, he would have won but 
he was yeah. he was being depicted as a sore loser. So um, they ended it. And they just conceded. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's very, very interesting. But, yeah, he was not in a good position at that time and now Trump isn't. Um, mm. You know, he's looking like a sore loser that he can't, you know, that he's disrespecting democracy, which undermine, you know, which is what the country is based on. And Fox News are kind of just like not showing many trips um, – many clips of Trump anymore like they used to and they were at the start and they were like this is ridiculous you know Trump's won you know they only you know want the legal votes not the illegal votes um Mm. stuff like that I saw an interesting map where they did like a sea of blue and the data was if the whole election was called on only voters younger than 30 there was Whoa. only a handful of towns um, and the Democrats would have got 444 seats <gasps> oh my and God. Republican just 90. <laughs> and this is the TikTok generation, like we've talked about before. This was posted on TikTok saying, look, this True. is the data for under 30s. This is the <laughs> Let's future. Let's pretend to go to Trump's rally <laughs> yeah. and undermine his bravado. That gives me hope, Grace. Thank you for that. I needed no that worries. today because no nothing worries. else is bloody happening. <laughs> I mean, we're close. I hope next time we catch up, we will have maybe something to say. Yes, me too. I sincerely hope so. I hope we're not (laughs) carrying this into season three with us. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Either way, something will carry into season three. I'm hoping that, you know, it's just, you know, hilarious footage of Donald Trump being extracted from the White House but I have a feeling it's just going to be like long legal battles um, which if they call enough states you know if they can call Pennsylvania or Georgia before recounts and before legal battles then it's done you know we don't have to question that Biden's won um, whereas the you problem know, is Trump is still trying to set up a system where people question it he's being trying to delegitimize it yes. he's not going to accept it Oh, definitely not. He's definitely And he's still president till 21st of January. That's when the inauguration will be for the incoming. So, yes, that's going he, to be People are worried he's going to do some weird stuff in those last few months and like, you know, deploy the military or like try to change as much as he can and just, you know. Yeah, it's so have weird a tantrum. That, yeah, have a tantrum and let's stuff it up for the next people. It's I weird agree. that they don't step aside immediately. It is very, very strange. That is a long time to be in office after being told you need to get out. (laughs) Yeah. Very long time. Well, anyway, let's hope we have some better news tomorrow. Yeah, speak to you tomorrow. Well, my sisters and brothers, this is Sunday number 34. In the COVID-19 season in the year 2020, what a blessing it is to share together this morning in this virtual worship experience. I praise God this morning to bring you greetings from the back patio of the parsonage of the 911 in Greer, South Carolina. I am Reverend Telly Lynette Gatson, and that's a lot to say. So affectionately, I am known as Pastor T. I want to say the president-elect has Joe Biden. <laughs> 78, uh, gonna look great on you, sir. Uh, I see your mojo is still working. Uh, I believe that there's a woman uh, named Kamala Harris uh, that would declare to us uh, good black. Uh, it just don't crack. Uh, and it doesn't matter uh, when they count you out uh, because they can't count. Uh, hashtag count every blessing. Uh, I hear Martin say uh, 
possibility. I gotta count every blessing. Oh, an exciting day. It's Sunday. We have a result. Thank the Lord. Biden has won. I feel so relieved. I feel so relieved too. I feel like I'm sort of in denial. I sort of, I'm feeling excited, but I'm not overjoyed. Like I'm sort of thinking, oh, has he actually won? Is it definitely mm. won? Yeah, I mean, you're ev- like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Waiting for the other shoe to drop, and that is what Trump is trying to do. Is try- he's trying to, mm. you know, instill instill doubt. And yes, there will be not a nice transition of power. And your little favorite person, Alexander Hamilton, I'm sure would not. Um, have agreed with this going down um you know he would have been all for the peaceful transfer of power Mm. you know but this is not going to be a peaceful transfer of power it's going to be a very orange man squirming out of the white house (laughs) and i really really want to see it but i feel like we won't i feel like it's either going to be that people are going to get really angry and fired up soon about Mm. the fact that biden's won despite what Trump is trying to do in his legal battles and everything. Um, You know, they're either going to get really fired up or what we're seeing right now is that kind of just, all right, it's time to just step aside, dude. Like we're a bit over you now. You've lost. Seriously. So we no longer want to hear from you. Like people are not seeing what they thought they would see in terms of civil unrest. It's not to say that it couldn't happen and I hope, hope wholeheartedly it does not but they're not seeing that and so that's yeah, that's a I good sign I haven't heard any reports of like violence yeah and you know I did get excited a little bit this morning I heard um one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to in regards to the U.S. election it's called Pod Save America mm-hmm. and they are openly openly left-wing um they make no apologies about that um so it's kind of nice to hear that, like, as in I, I've been trying to, you know, be really factual and listen to a lot of balanced content, um, <laughs> watch a lot of Fox News and hear the Republican side of things. And it's actually just really nice to hear some mm. left-wing media who, who are actually all, like, very uh, experienced people in politics and their joy about Aww. this was really nice and they were just like they must have Mullen. recorded and got that out quickly they did so I was actually listening to all my podcasts um you know constantly because I was like when are they going to call it when are they going to call it when are they going to call it and I wanted to know what was going on in Georgia I wanted to know what was going on in Pennsylvania why haven't they calculated it yet why haven't they announced it yet what about Nevada what about this what about that what's actually going on in the legal battles does Trump have a leg to stand on which lots of this is this is another great nugget is that he's tried to start legal battles in certain states he's trying all of them but Mm. in at least two he's tried and they're like no you can't just take out a recount for no reason like you can't just say that there's fraud when you have literally no evidence like you can't apart just take from a not case lacking to court. the result apart from not lacking the result yes so he's been turned down twice it's not to mm. say that he's not going to try again he's got a lot of money behind him he will try again and he will go again higher and higher as high as he can and he will try again but he still needs to provide a case to the court that he thinks that there's been wrongdoing and so far everyone's like dude 
we're not even giving you a second hearing at this point. Like we're not even giving you that, like, because there is no evidence for this. So that's what I'm loving. Yeah. Another, another really beautiful thing that I heard was just, you know, just, just to kind of give, give everyone some positive vibes about okay, this, which, good. you know, it's some great positive vibes, you know, it is amazing that there is finally a female vice president of mm-hmm. the first time ever in history who's also black, who's also of Indian descent. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's a really fantastic politician. She is not a celebrity. She has earned mm. her stripes, as has Biden. He is 78 years old and, yes, he's an old white dude. And people are less excited who are sort of on the radical left about Biden. And fair enough. But... Mm. He is somebody who has actually had an entire career. I was reminded that he got his first, um, you know, big job in the Senate, I think, when he was 29 years old, which is what I turned this week. You know, like, I mean, he Mm -hmm. he started really young and despite Biden not being everyone's favourite choice and a lot of his personal life has been critiqued and and yes, and and I agree with that and I don't think we should dismiss that. But this is an incredibly momentous occasion for him and he's been on the sidelines for years and he's very old and what a finale (laughs) like these people these people in this podcast were just so overjoyed they were kind of like I just thought to myself imagine what his family must be thinking right now like after going through so much working so Mm. hard and then to finally be president how wonderful you know, I mean, how wonderful. I don't know. I don't think, you know, the fact it's your finale of your career is a problem. Like we should be getting people up to that high level when they're actually in their prime. You know, he's uh, well past his prime. He's like nearly 90. I mean, come on. <laughs> he, not many people become president, Grace. He was vice president for eight years. He's had a, he's had a huge career in politics. He's, he, you know, just because he wasn't president, he's had a lot of experience. No, I know. I'm just saying the fact both the candidates are so old is a real problem. They're both so old. I'm not, I'm, I'm not discounting that. Mm. Also having somebody who knows how politics works, being in politics and running politics and not a freaking celebrity who's an idiot. I think we do need to acknowledge that, that, you know, it's a very hard and complicated job and he is very experienced Although problematic and, you know, not everyone's first choice, he's got the experience. I think he can do an okay job. And and I think that his message that he's sending to everybody, whether he follows through with it, you know, let's hope he can, given that he's going to face a lot of challenges like Obama. So um, mm. the House and the Senate um, are predominantly Republican and mm. it's going to be very hard to pass a lot of damn legislation in his presidency. So mm. that's going to be a huge challenge. Um but for right now, it's a win. Um, it's definitely a win. It's definitely a huge thing to it, celebrate. Mainly for the fact Trump's gone, but also because of what they're going to do together. Exactly. I spoke with Sandy, who um, said that she would do a double cow sale um, and cartwheels. Oh well, she yes. said she would if she she's never wrong. She said if she was wrong, you know, she would do uh, cartwheels and a double cow sale. Um, I didn't know what a double cow sale was, so she had no. to show me on YouTube. What, what is it? Um, yes, it's an ice skating. It's basically a triple axel, you know, if everyone's seen Tonya Harding. It's yeah. basically that, but just a little bit less fancy. Um to celebrate her um, being wrong, she came around with some bubbles this afternoon um, and I said, you know, you're going to do your, um, your cartwheels and your double cow sale. And um, look, she tried. 
She didn't quite get there, but but she tried. She's very happy to be wrong. However, exactly. That's the main thing. She's very, very concerned um, that this is not the end. Um, yeah. She strongly believes that there's going to be civil unrest um, and she's very concerned about that. So until he leaves office and until there's no extraordinary riots or like some sort of crazy civil war, I don't think she's going to feel relaxed. And mm. I think that, yeah, speaks to how a lot of people are feeling. Yeah, they're saying there's probably going to be a lot of riots when Biden tries to actually do something about coronavirus and do some lockdowns. Yeah. And that everyone that voted for Trump is not going to be very happy about that. But um, that won't be till January, will it? Because, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, that's true. he's building that's true. a target. Everyone says that he's already built a task force and he's going to announce this um, on Monday, which is going to be the day before our podcast comes out. But um, he's going to announce it on Monday. It's like he's the president-elect. He's actually not president yet. But he can announce his policy intentions. He can. He just can't do anything with them. He can't actually do anything. No. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. Hopefully... Trump goes out squirming and um, there's some hilarious things on YouTube about his Secret Service officer <laughs> who's going to have to drag him out and, um, yeah, get onto those memes, their their life right now. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Actually, I really do need to get into the memes. Something good. Thank the Lord. In 2020, in what a dark year, but finally a little bit of a win. Yeah, thank God that year has ended on a high despite everything. It's not quite over yet, but, you know, it's definitely a very, very good result. All right, well, what an election week it has been. It's taken its sweet time to get this result, but thank God we have it. That's our election trash and treasury special. And now it's time to find out what hills we're dying on this week. Absolutely. So my final hill for 2020 is that Bunnings is just as exciting for women as it is for men. Ah, good job, babe. <laughs> Thank you. Bunnings is the best. And I'm so sick of these, like, because I've been watching a lot more free air television lately because of the election. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been seeing a lot more ads than I would usually, like on my Netflix binges. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so you know how it's like, you know, buy a power tool for dad for Christmas, you know, and buy a power tool for, you know, er, er, you're the man in your life kind of, you know, and it's just like, mm. no. Bunnings is great. It's great for women. It's great for men. It's great for everyone. It's great for kids. Kids, like when I I was in Bunnings um, both days this weekend, multiple times, and I saw so many women in there. So many women. Like it was, if if not 50-50, like a good like Mm. 70-30 split. And the only aisle that was like predominantly taken up by men with a power tool area <laughs> and I just think women love bunnings they love the flowers love bunnings they love the gardening supplies they love the worm farms we well, like some women lighting. like power tools we like I like power tools I've got a drill I've got a whippersnipper Ooh. I've got a lawnmower like I'm sick of this sexist shit 
Bunnings is Good great. On you. Thank you. Bunnings is universal. Bunnings is like such a cultural institution in Australia. I think Bunnings is the Australian church. Everyone it's goes Australian to Bunnings church. on Sunday and their communion is a sausage, but like, not right now. If but anyone somehow hasn't heard this great Australian uh, story, somebody got married at a sausage sizzle at Bunnings. So that just says it all. Yeah. That's it. That's how much it means. Bunnings to is us the great equalizer of our nation. <laughs> on you babe it's Thanks. totally not just for men i hope the advertisers are listening and yeah. they can just like just because you're a girl really boring ads you can use a bloody Bunnings power tool for everyone and if you don't have a drill get one it's the best <laughs> love it well my final hill for 2020 is that the scarf is at jake's house not maggie's what? now look this is a bit niche stay with me <laughs> <laughs> I but have no idea what you All about. will become clear. <laughs> so this is based on lyrics from a 2012 song by Taylor Swift called All Too Well. Okay. Which is an autobiographical song Taylor wrote about dating Jake Gyllenhaal. And she says that she leaves her scarf at his sister's place. So everyone in interviews keeps saying to Maggie Gyllenhaal, where is the scarf? And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> My hill is that it's not at Maggie's house. It's at Jake's house. It says it's in the drawer. Now, the reason I bring this up is that I mentioned the Taylor Swift WhatsApp group a few times in this podcast. Yes. But we did a very scientific um, Excel spreadsheet quantitative analysis oh my recently God. <laughs> of all of Taylor Swift's songs where each of us had a little rating um, ratings from minus one to two. And we were able to do a comparative analysis and All Too Well was the ultimate Taylor Swift song. Everybody rated it super love. Um, so that's why I've been thinking a lot about that song lately. And so, there's some people as well that say, so there's a lyric in this song. So it's all about how she's got, he's got her scarf. Okay. And it's like, people are like, he doesn't have your scarf because he misses you. He's just keeping it because he doesn't want to see you, Taylor. But to that, I would say there's a line where he mailed back the rest of her stuff. So he could have mailed back her scarf if he wanted to. He has the scarf. Maggie doesn't have the scarf. So journalists need to understand. Wait, why do we care? Wait, why is it at Maggie's house? Why do we think it's at Maggie's house? Because in the lyrics, it says she left her scarf at Maggie's house. So why would Taylor lie about that in her lyrics? Well, she didn't. If you listen to the lyrics closer, you start to understand the scarf's actually at Jake's house. But people just read one lyric and they start harassing Maggie Gyllenhaal about it for years. Still, she gets asked about it. So, so I'm just is trying Taylor to clear that up. gaslighting us? Like, why does Taylor want us to think it's at Maggie's house? No, Taylor doesn't. Taylor wrote that she left it at Maggie's house, but then Jake has it. So just because she left it at Maggie's house doesn't mean it has to stay at Maggie's house for the rest of all time. It can be taken to another house and Jake took it back to his house. But that's what those journalists don't realise. I'm guessing that you've got some sort of lyrical proof that it's at Jake's house. Oh, yes. Yeah. He still has it in his drawer even now. He (laughs) mails back his things but he keeps her own scarf from that very first week because it reminds him of innocence and smells like Taylor. There's a lyric. It's not Maggie. <laughs> anyway, it's a 2012 reference, but, you know. It would I had not to... be fitting for us to end 
our without mentioning Taylor without this episode. Taylor. You're right. <laughs> and she's already made an appearance in that she was born on a Christmas farm in Pennsylvania. So oh, that's true. That's a Double. great little fact. I love that you um, can still inject her into every segment, babes. Really good. Yep. And she'll be joining us in season three. Don't you worry. <laughs> but for now, what she are we going to recommend? <laughs> So my first recommendation this week, if you have not seen it yet, it's called Brave New World and it's a TV show on Stan and it Mm. is uh, apparently a remake of an old book and also old movie by the same name. It's sort of a dystopian futuresque Handmaid's Tale in reverse is how I'm going to describe it. So uh, it's sort of um, there are three rules in this new society. There are, there is no privacy, there is no monogamy, oh. and everyone is happy. And it's kind of like this. <laughs> everyone has to be happy or everyone is happy? Everyone is happy, Grace. Everyone's happy. Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of like a bit Black Mirror. It's a little bit, you know, advanced technology. And so there's some really bizarre concepts that you just have to watch to kind of understand. But it's. But is it roughly meant to be set now? Like no. Handmaid's Tale? No, it's like quite far in the future? Yes, quite far in the okay. future. Okay. But they also have this other planet because they're on a new planet, I'm guessing. So then they, mm. they come back to Earth occasionally, um, which they call the Savage Lands. And they have these like entertainment centers of like the House of Monogamy, which is like a church and like people having shotgun wow. weddings. And, the and house they're like, of how sin. embarrassing. Yeah, they're like all Monogamy. in a tour bus. They're like, whoa, this is crazy. And people getting pregnant is crazy. They're just like, what? You know? Don't and they get pregnant? No, they're all in like, you know, little incubator situations. And um, yeah, it's just all new when everyone's taking these sort of drugs constantly to make themselves happy. And yeah, it's like oh, really interesting. Interesting. It's a, it's a, it's sci-fi. It's sci-fi. It's, it's, but it's cool. And and it's Handmaid's Tale in reverse. So it's not that, you know, people must commit to only one person. And then they have, um, you know, the slaves who bear the babies. They're like not allowed to have a partner. So it's very hard to like if people are falling in love and that's kind of like the main storyline and stuff as well. It's really good. It's really good. It sounds really good. It's fantastic. And I haven't finished it yet. So I'm like on the edge of my seat kind of, you know, with this show. It's really good. Um, People are talking about it. It's so hot right now. So we're definitely, Grace, you're going to have to binge this and we're going to watch this for one of our season three topics like we're gonna have to talk about it (laughs) I feel like we totally have to that sounds so interesting yeah so good all right amazing um my first recommendation was recommended to me by my parents on the phone today and then I watched it really (laughs) yes so it is a special episode of the West Wing that came out um to encourage people to vote so They made it as a charity benefit for the not-for-profit when we all vote. So it's not partisan. It's just encouraging people to vote. And they reenacted, they got all the actors back. So Alison Chaney, um, Martin Sheen, they all reacted, they all reenacted an episode from like 20 years ago. And then in the ad breaks, they would have little messages from people encouraging people to vote. So there was Michelle Obama, there was... 
Samuel R. Jackson, Lin-Manuel Miranda from Hamilton. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And it was just, like, really sweet. It's on binge. Um, if you want to feel, like, inspired and, like, you know, that your vote matters and stuff, it's, yeah, worth watching to, yeah, remind you again why this week's election result is so important and so good. Totally. You should watch West Wing because you'd really like it. It's by Aaron Sorkin, who I know you really like. So West Wing you can check out on Stan and this West Wing special is on Binge. Sounds so good. All right. Well, my last final recommendations, a lot of people probably will not care, but I'm going to give (laughs) my uh, podcasts that I have been listening to to give me uh, a really predominant sort of canvas of the election coverage and also there's Mm -hmm. going to be a lot happens after this podcast so after we speak today obviously Biden has won but there's going to be a lot that happens next and also just Mm -hmm. a lot of interesting things that happen in America so this is a political these are all political podcasts and they're all by really really savvy people some who have been in the White House, some who haven't, some who have been journalists. It's, they're, they're a real array. Some left, some right wing, um, but they're really fantastic. So I'm just going to go through them all. The first one, Pod Save America, super left, really mm-hmm. fantastic. Another one mm-hmm. is called Left, Right and Center, really good, kind of balanced content and really factual the next one is Can He Do That? And that's wow. kind of a bit more sort of overarching about the themes and, you know, the themes of politics and everything. So it's a bit more sort of meta, I guess. Um, The next one is Politically Sound, really good one. Um, There's two by CNN. One is uh, Political Briefing and Political Gab Fest is the other one um, by Slate. And one's like, uh, the briefing is like, daily so it's like really short like bite size five minutes ten minutes you just get a real quick snapshot of what's going on um there is 538 which we've talked about a lot with the polling and so they are the podcast to listen to if you want to know about polling and how the hell that all works there's Mm -hmm. a there's another one called hacks on tap which is a bunch of people who have worked within the White House previously and have had a lot to do with politics and, again, an array of opinions. Um, So that's just really good. And finally, In the Thick. So, again, another political podcast with a different array of personalities, including, like, a Latino um, host as well who, yeah, just gives a really interesting, a different perspective. So they're the main ones. And, of course, The Daily. That's my absolute go-to by The New York Times fantastically made podcast about 30 minutes each episode and they talk about everything at the moment everything's election based but um, they talk about an array of other things that are going on in America in just a really fantastic well-produced way so they're all my podcasts and if you want to just have like a summer binge because politics is you know really interesting right now and if you want to get into the nitty-gritty and know a bit more like they're all fantastic they're so good yeah yeah and if you've got a hole in your routine every Tuesday night while we're on break, exactly you've got some options of something else you can <laughs> what, listen to during that time. Yep. Love it. <laughs> My final one, I'm kind of really late to the party on this, but I think this is something I'd always intended to watch at some point. It's been on my watch list in Stan ever since I got Stan like five years ago. Never watched it, but finally had some time during COVID. It's Breaking Bad. Oh, my God. Are you just getting on this? 
Yes, I remember you used to always watch Grace. it, but somehow I like missed it and like have only just watched it for the first time. And like now I finally understand why everyone says it's like the best show ever. It's so yeah, good. it's so amazing, Grace. I mean, it needs not be said. It's it's fantastic. But if you are someone no, else who's exactly. missed the boat and you're like Grace, just like with Grey's Anatomy, get on it. But it's so exactly. much different to Grey's Anatomy. It's just like. Yeah, very different genre. And that's why I thought I'd bring it up. It's like, if you're like me and you've had it in your watch list and you're like, eh, should I watch that? Yes. Yes, you should. You totally should. It's a great summer watch. It's, you know, got a lot of episodes that you can sink your teeth into over a summer period, I reckon. And speaking of summer, we're actually about to take a little summer break from the podcast. So our 12-episode season run has already come to an end for season two and we're going to be taking a break until early January. We are. I cannot believe that it is already our 12th episode of season two. And thank you, everyone who has been listening and commenting on our podcast. We absolutely love to hear your feedback. You know, if you like our show, jump on and give us a review and see us on Instagram as well. We love hearing from you. And thank you again for being such great supporters of our podcast. And keep an eye um, on Instagram and on our podcast channels because we might be dropping a few little bonus episodes during the break. Yes, we have some serious bloopers that we'd like to share with you and also some really cool feedback and interesting stories that have come up since we've recorded some of our episodes that I think would be just so cool to share with everyone. So... Yeah, well, it's generally members of our listening community that have reached out to us. So if anything that you've heard Mm -hmm. over the last two seasons, you know, you want to talk to us about, get in touch with us um, on our Instagram or website because, yeah, we're going to be, you know, spending our break, obviously enjoying the new freedoms that we have in Victoria where we live, seeing some family and friends, you know, having an end of year break. But we also will be busy watching shows and working on ideas for season three. Absolutely. So we hope you all have a fantastic end to your 2020. It's been a long, hard limp to the end of this year, Mm. dragging our feet. (laughs) (laughs) We probably all feel a little heavier and like we've been drowning in quicksand for a while. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's nice and warm. The flowers are out. Have a great summer. Stay safe. And we'll see you in 2021. Thanks for listening. See you next year. Please note that the views expressed within this podcast are our own and we are not experts. We have done some serious Googling and even some serious internet deep dives, but we are by no means qualified. If you need actual advice, please speak to a licensed professional. We can even help you Google one.